You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Why did you start giving your life away to orphans in Eldoret, Kenya? If you want to hold your mic up. Okay. First of all, let me send you greetings from my family, my wife, Consolata, and the churches and brethren. They knew that I would come along here, and they gave me greetings. Receive it because they are yours. Uh, over 10 years ago, uh, I lived in a poor neighborhood. Though we were poor, but every early in the morning, I could see a child, a young child that was totally orphaned that had no mother and no father, and she lived with uh, an uncle. So in the morning, the wife of the uncle could burn this child in the legs, and it was so painful. I could see the child being thrown outside of the house and staying outside, and it was so painful to me. And I think God was giving me an indication that I need to do something. I became somebody like an activist, like fighting for these children, But later on, the Lord gave me a vision. And he gave me a vision at night and gave me the name and told me, I want you to serve the children. And he gave me the name. I thought of the name Eldoret Christian Aid Network, ICAN. And through that, I was able to go to our local churches and talk to them and ask them so that we can fight for these children and possibly help them, give them clothing, food, education, and possibly find a place, a safer place to stay when they are persecuted and beaten and burned by their relatives and foster parents and even the guardians. So uh, later on, uh, somebody came from the United States, and he came and uh, we shared, and he brought the message back, and he found Christian Relief Fund in Amarillo, Texas. And through that, uh, they were able to communicate to me, and they asked me, where can we find you? Milton Jones, uh, who is the president, is going to come to Kenya. Where are you, uh, uh, is he going to find you? I, I told them that I will be standing at the post office because I had no other communication. I had no uh, contact for them. I will be standing at the post office, and please find me there. I went very early at 6, and I waited for Dr. Milton Jones, hoping that he will come. And finally, in the evening, he came. I stood there, and he came. There were over 500 children that were waiting for him, that we were ministering with them. So Milton Jones came, and he was able to help, I mean, take 37 children out of 500 children. And they were sponsored later on after about four months. And life started good for these children, and uh, the Lord moved, and they were sponsored, a lot of them. Right now, we have about 1,000 children that we are working with in over 10 centers, 10 places that we are working in, and about 70 churches that we have planted through the ministry of these children. Uh, Through these children, we are able to give them food, education. We are able to give them uh, spiritual care. I mean, ministering to them, they they know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are old, they have been saved and baptized, and we are seeing life being transformed in the lives of these children. We have schools. One Milton Jones Education Center that is in one of the slums, poorest slums called Kipkaren slums. And this school has got about 300 children that we minister to them there, but they go outside. They don't live there because of a small vicinity. 
We give them food, education, clothing, and uh, spiritual care and medical care. And we, when they graduate from that school, we have another school called Living Hope Academy that is on the rural part. It's also a poor place. It has over 100 children. We have a high school that was built recently. It's called Susie Peacock High School, Christian Relief and Help Us to Build, which is one of the best high schools in Eldoret District. And it has become the best educationally, spiritually, and it takes our, we have about 200, uh, 300 children that are coming from Christian Relief Fund. And we have seen lives being transformed through these acts. But with all this transformation, there has been a problem because there is no home. There is no home for the homeless. And when the children get out of the school, they go. And they go outside, they go to their parents, I mean, the foster parents, they go to their grandmothers, they go to their guardians. And most of these people, because they are stressed, they are frustrated, they frustrate these children. They beat them, they chase them. Some of the children are living in the streets. Some of them are chased. They just live from one house to another. It depends on who accommodates them that day. And it has become a, a very big challenge to us. And some of the challenge have been, uh, children have been molested. Some, we, recently we got some girls that got pregnant. They were impregnated by just foreigners on the road because they just left on the streets. And it has become a huge challenge. And we thought of having, prayed and thought of having a home for the homeless and a hope for the hopeless for these children where as they are ministered by Christian Relevant through your sponsorship, they will have some, those who are worst, they will have a place to stay, to call a home. They'll have people that will love them like parents. And this is a thought and a prayer of Tarakwa, Christian, uh, Tarakwa Children's Home, where it will be a home for these children, and they will be able to grow, and they will be able to cherish their lives, and God is going to bless their lives. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Um, Do you understand any of that? Good, good. Yeah, I think it's remarkable that, um, you, do y'all remember Milton telling the story of Francis? Does everybody recognize the story now? So you've heard both sides of the story. How cool is that? You've heard Milton's inner thinkings of the story, and now you've heard Francis. Um, yeah, I think it's great that Francis, God gave Francis a vision who was just a, 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 a man living in, in a poor community, and the vision was to rally the local churches together and to address a problem of Eldoret through the local churches. Sound familiar? And to bring the people of God around this problem and this crisis and shape the gospel around this crisis um, and to meet all the needs of the crisis because people aren't just souls that go to heaven, crying out loud. You know, God gave us this life, and this life matters. Um, and so to address the cognitive and the emotional and the social and the physical and the spiritual needs of these children... And Francis was, was with 500, y'all were ministering to 500 children, like, like this guy in this tie, um, <laughs> compared to me and not in a tie, and, and it was, was ministering, you know, 500 children and uh, just one person with the people of God, and, but, it, but, the, but the need got bigger than what they could handle, you know, and God arranged this divine meeting, clearly, and now 1,000 children are currently cared for, but... I mean, how many children, if you had to guess, have been cared for in the last 10 years? You ever thought about that? By, 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 by you and the people of God there in Kenya and Eldoret and by CRF, how many children do you think have been ministered to in the last 10 years? 
in the last 10 years yeah, we have you had to guess we have about 1000 children that we are ministering to them right now yes yeah. right now right now okay. yeah 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 okay i guess you probably have kept most of those children for the last 10 years haven't you yes like derek has been there for quite yeah, a while yeah yeah he's been there yeah and there have many others that you know they are not sponsored they are not in our in our care but we also need to minister to them Right. Sometimes we take we go out of hand and uh, right. take loads and uh, others those who are not in our organization. Yeah, one of the things that Milton always tells me about Francis is every now and then Francis will bring him ten or twenty more children that Milton didn't expect and say we got to take care of twenty more now. And Milton will say, Francis, we okay, you know, and, and go out there and he'll yeah. ask people, ask people to support, and and you guys will continue to minister. Now, it's in Kenyan culture that orphans are cared for by extended family. And there was a day, my understanding, when extended family took that responsibility seriously and they would care for the children. But that day has sort of come and gone in a lot of ways with the tribalism that exists and with some of the other issues that exist in Kenya. Uh, and so now children, like, like Francis said, they're a drain of resources. If you're struggling to pay for the four that you have or for the two that you have or for the one that you have, and if your spouse died of AIDS... You know, the last thing you can really afford to do is take on another mouth to feed. And so a lot of times these children, that, that's part of why they're abandoned, part of why they're chased out, and part of why they're beaten because they are, the, the, the guardians are frustrated. Um, before we watch the video, I want you to catch a little bit about the culture because uh, there are some things that you need to know, I think we need to know, about the culture as a whole and the notion of, of tribalism that is there. Um, so... Francis is what, we, what, what is known as a, of the Collagen tribe. Um, and how many tribes are there in the, El, just, just speak in terms of Eldoret area in, that, in the district. How many tribes of people are represented there, Francis? In Eldoret area? Yeah, in the district of Eldoret. Uh, there are about uh, 10. 10 different out, tribes. Out of 42 tribes. In out Kenya. of 42 tribes. Yeah, yeah. Um, what... What makes tribalism a, a struggle for the gospel? What makes tribalism an obstacle to the gospel of Christ, in your mind? What are the dangers of tribalism? Uh, the dangers of tribalism is that, uh, you know, people have got uh, the hatred, you know, they hate other tribes. And if you want to, like, uh, take, them, take the gospel to them, if you are not of their tribe, then they, probably they will resist or they will hate you, they will... They will not have good terms with uh, another person from another tribe, more probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And tribalism isn't what we often think as we see in underdeveloped parts of the country. It's, it's, not, it's not an uneducated, unintelligent way of life. It is, it is an ethnicity. Yes. And so tribalism is an ethnicity, mm. much like there is... Caucasian American, African American, Hispanic American. Yeah. It's an ethnicity. Yes. And it creates a, a, a tribal sort of mindset, mm. right? Yeah. So there's an in and out. You're in our tribe or you're out of our tribe. Yes, exactly. If you're out of our tribe, we won't care for you or mm. care about you as much, if at all. Yes. If you're in our tribe, we will care for you or care about you mm -hmm. as much as we can, yeah. given the mm. conditions, correct? Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, how, does that, how does that get in the way of your work? Uh, with our work, it is... Is like uh, very different. It's opposite of what we see in Eldoret or in Kenya, because uh, most of the children that we serve, especially that I serve in the slum of Cape Karen, are the another tribe that migrated. They were they were employed. They were like uh, squatters, you know, people who just came to work for other people. And uh, when things just went wrong, they if you lose a job, 
you go to Kipkaren Slam. If you are frustrated, you have nothing to eat, you go to the slum. So this slum is full of other tribes that came from other places. And I belong to another tribe. So, but I serve most of the tribe that came from other places to this place. But we don't see, you know, we don't see through the tribal eyes. Because we have Christ, we are trying to, we are seeing the needs of these people. You know, I see a child that comes to me in the morning and say, I have not eaten for three days. Pastor, what shall I do? I will not see him on, in, through a tribal high. I will see as a, somebody, a person, a human being who is in need. So, but uh, it, it has not really had a, a big effect to our, our ministry. Right. But if you are preaching, if you are, if you are spreading the gospel, and if you go to another ethnic group that is purely that ethnic, if you want to preach the gospel, you must uh, know their culture because there are a lot of cultural things that goes beneath that. You must learn their culture. You must like belong to their culture because there are a lot of hidden things in, the, in every culture. There's a lot of hidden things in the culture. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So the gospel must be contextualized yes. in the neighborhood over there because yeah. the neighborhood over there is filled with Kipsigis. Yes. Yeah, and so, yes. so there must be... Yeah. Uh, and, I, and, and if you notice, he used the word migrate. It's not like they're coming from a different country, yeah. um, but, but that language and that mentality of what tribalism does. Yeah. Uh, and really, it's, it's, I was in, in an oversimplified way, but, but Francis and I agreed in, in a similar way. It's very much like our racisms here and our classisms here and all the isms that many of us are sadly tired of hearing about, perhaps because we're schooled in denial uh, that these things are, are, aren't really a problem, um, just as many people, I'm sure, in Kenya are schooled in denial that these things aren't really a problem. Uh, but clearly, these things still are embedded in the fabric of every society and, and are certainly manifest in way, uh, manifest itself in different ways in, in every society, and, and this one particularly through the tribalism. So, Francis, is your job dangerous? Yes, it is. Uh, it's so risky. Not, not, really, not really easy because uh, people think when I, when I help these children, I work with all these children and the churches and many other things, People think that uh, I have money. People think that I have money, but money comes through my hand and it's go to the people. It goes through the to the people that they need. Yeah, Francis so, isn't living on the mansion on the hilltop in El Red. <laughs> you know, he's wearing a nice tie and suit, but that's about it, right? Yeah. I mean, and very many people are poor. So when they see you giving to this person, they also want. Everybody wants, and uh, now you are in danger. They might they, sometimes they feel like coming to your house and need some money, you know, you know, things like that. But the Lord has been faithful. I remember one child that we had been taking care of this child from when, she, when he was very young. And when he grew old, uh, some thugs, some bad people used him. And he was sent to come to my, because the children are friendly to my children. I have three boys. And he was sent to come and cheat my boys so that uh, he takes my boys to them so that they call and demand for money. He was coming so, to kidnap his boys. Yeah. And, and surely he took my boys to the center of the slum. And finally something happened when my boys just remember that somebody came and told this boy, you must return these children to where you brought them from. And he just took these children and dropped them in a, a bus station. And the children just was... Uh, brought to a nearby highway, and my children were brought back home. It was a miracle for me, and I knew from that time that uh, this is dangerous, but I have to work hard. I have to press on 
Though it is dangerous, many a times I feel, how are my children? But I know the Lord is taking care. He took care of my children. He will still take care of them, no matter what. And he, he says, I have to work hard and praise on. Yes. And uh, he told me this story coming over here, and I said, you've got to tell that story. Um, so what I want to do is, um, well, first off, before we do the Q&A thing, uh, when Francis was here several months ago, uh, he wasn't here a long time. We were just spending some time, and I took him back to Tommy's camp. And um, Francis had never seen nor thought that something like that would happen, you know, in America. There's this image of America, I think that's largely driven through movies, um, that, that we've got, you know, and we do, we have many, we have abundance. Uh, no, no, I will not ever argue that. Um, we have abundance. But what did you think when you saw that people, even America, in America, live that way? What went through your mind when you saw that camp? Uh, that one struck my mind because I, I really did not think that there, you know, when I went w- with you to the woods and I saw where Tommy was living last year, and uh, it really struck my mind. I could, I could never think that there is somebody in America that lives <laughs> in the woods uh, in such a situation, you know. Because uh, we usually think in Kenya, uh, I mean here in Kenya, that uh, the government provide homes for the homeless, you know, things like that. But what I saw there, it was, it struck my mind, and I could not really believe. But I saw, I saw what 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 was going on with with Tommy. It was so so bad. Yeah. It's it's interesting the perspective that we learn from one another. Um, when he was taken back by that, I was taken back because I'm taken back by all of his stories. Um, and it just reminds me that the brokenness of this world is the same. It just looks different in different places. Um, but I praise God for you, Francis, and for the people of God there uh, and for the good work that you guys are doing.